0: Hey everybody, It's Just Bodybuilding, episode 101. For the first half of this episode, we're going to go off topic and then we're going to get into some bodybuilding and some listener questions. Hey everybody, welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding, episode 101. Of course, Dusty Han, Sean, myself, Big Ron Parlow, and our producer, Scott McNally, joining us once again. You guys uh, seem to like having Scott on the show. He might, um, he, he maybe he's like the responsible parent that keeps the two children sort of me. moving along. Yeah, well, he does. He's the enforcer, right? He's got exactly, what I, I like
1: that. And the, but funny, I, power. Have to, I, I had to message Scott this morning because I'm like, I literally had clients in their check-ins. Having Scott on was a great thing. I'm like.
2: No kidding.
0: Wow.
1: Literally, like three or yeah. four, I was like, well, fuck it. I'm not going to disagree. I liked it, too. It was smooth. Let's do it. So that was well,
0: My one of my good buddies said, hey, it's a good idea to have Scott on because he's actually way smarter than both of you guys. Because <laughs> 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 he's done like 10,000 podcasts. And, uh, you know, you guys need to help. So, I like, uh, I
2: like, I don't have to prepare anything for this. I'm just like, I get to, this is where I get to kind of like take a little bit of a backseat versus normally I'm the Ron, you know, uh, where I have to be like, I
0: don't prepare for any of this. either. <laughs> <laughs> so look, we got to cover a couple things. First of all, are you packing heat, Scott? Yeah. Is it on I, the table?
2: I'm afraid we're going to get demonetized every time I, of course, the, I got the, know, backup word word the backup with me. What's the backup? Let's Ron. just see it real quick. I got the, what's that? If I go like this, I feel like that's not real. It's right. just a handle, okay. right? It's just, right. just a handle.
0: It could be, it could be a, be a saw. could be a blow dryer. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Blow dryer. Yeah.
0: Exactly. There you go. Yeah. OK. OK. So what's the backup? Just give us this, the quick specs. So this
2: is on. this is my old gun. OK. I'm going to leave it off just for the sake of YouTube. It uh, okay. it's, it's an old. It's, I bought it at 21 years old. It's a generation 2 Glock uh, 23C meaning that the, actually, you know what, I
0: can show you a part. Hold on a second here. Oh, He's just bragging that he can take it apart real quick. Like he's so good. He's one of those guys you see in the movies that, like, disassembles his gun in three seconds. He
1: disassembles the gun that someone else is holding.
0: So the C stands for compensated. So
2: if you look at this barrel, there's these two notches in it so that when the the bullet comes down, some of the charge, so it's kind of cool because when you shoot it, Fire comes out the end and fire comes out the top, but yeah, this is my this is my first pistol. I got it at 21 years old. It's uh, still with me today. You, you became a man that
0: day. Is that is that what it, I feel it like? Yeah,
2: yeah, kind of. Yeah. You know, 21. Okay. You
0: went to the bar. Yeah. You got a gun. <laughs> bought your first beer. Bought your first handgun.
2: And then just started drinking and shooting. You know, that was the American drinking thing to
0: do. Well, hey, that's American adulthood, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I was going to say, the two things that combine really, really well is alcohol and weapons. Guns. No firearms. Right.
0: What a combo. Drinking and shooting. (laughs) What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) So so real quick, I just have to bring it up. And I want to spend like 30 seconds and then we'll move on. Dusty, what is your 30 second thought on Afghanistan?
1: Hmm. Complete I I wanna... train wreck. Complete train wreck, and thousands and thousands of lives were lost. Now, in my opinion, for almost nothing, and I would like to have some of the toys that he left over there for them to have. Yeah. And the last thing is, he has no issue arming the Taliban. But he doesn't want me to have a weapon. But other than that, we're good.
0: <clears throat> Scott, what is your thirty-second breakdown? It's heartbreaking. I
2: I heard just a couple of very specific stories. Uh. I couldn't imagine it's honestly I'm one of those people I don't watch the news uh, for that reason because I know that I can't really do anything to change it and it sucks so bad that I it's like I can't even process it. I can't even begin to think about it. That's that's my the
0: way I really feel about it. My quick breakdown is um, everyone's acting like they have a really strong opinion, but we all have to remember that we now know that we were all absolutely and completely lied to about what was going on over there for 20 years and um, I'm not even sure if I blame any of the four presidents that were in charge of that war because I think it's the elite general class and the military industrial complex that really call the shots and I'm not even sure the president gets real information from those motherfuckers and I know everyone is quick to blame Biden and he should take the heat for the terrible execution. Why was everyone not evacuated during the week before they left? How hard is that? Hey, everybody, okay. we got to go. Hey.
1: Yeah. Hey, everybody, get plan out. is The only thing you really needed to do was have a plan.
0: <laughs> so the, 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 the absolute failure, the leaving people <clears throat> behind, the leaving equipment behind, the, I love that sound. Um <laughs> All, all the, the leaving of everyone and everything behind is 100% falls on Biden and his administration. Absolute, complete, bumbling failures. But the whole 20-year, <laughs> trillion-dollar waste. Loss. <laughs> that's because we were consistently and chronically lied to the entire time. And it just blows my fucking mind. What, are, right. what could they have done with a trillion dollars? Fixed and, what problem? Homelessness? Hunger in the United States? What can you do with a trillion? Medical for everybody?
1: <laughs> a trillion is a large, <clears throat> large, large number.
0: I know you oh, didn't but, want to talk about it a lot, but
2: I got a quick question because I, I don't follow the politics much. Um, is there anybody, is, is there another side to this? Is, are there people who are like, yeah, this was a really good idea? <sighs>
0: not really well a lot of see, like again you know i'm trying to decipher i'm watching the bullshit from all the channels and then some youtube people that i think are pretty pretty knowledgeable and i'm just trying to kind of like put together a bit but i'm also not trying not to overwatch because i'm like fuck I yeah can't. yeah you know so i mean i'm not going to pretend to be an expert it seems like everyone is pretty upset okay the execution of this like I noticed, the press is even turning on Biden a bit. Like okay. you know how the press has been very friendly to him, yeah, and very like helpful to Biden. They're like standing up and going, "Why, why were people not like? Why do we still have Americans here? What's going on? Like, how could this be reasonable?" So the execution of it, it's looking real bad for Biden, and it's hurt his approval. But he still has really high approval, hmm. and. And the general consensus from a lot of people, I mean, even going back to Trump, was we got to get the fuck out of there. It's pointless. Mm. So that's not necessarily the failure. It's just the the way they did it. Like, I don't understand. And also, too, the allies seem very upset. Like, England has expressed that they are very upset because they suddenly had to go evacuate their embassy and get all their troops out.
2: Mm, Yeah.
0: It's It's almost like they got a phone call. Like, I don't know. What's the scene? rings at 7 a.m. And someone goes, oh, we're pulling out today. Yeah, we left yesterday. <laughs> and England's like, oh, fuck. I don't know. Like, I don't know how that happens, but it seemed like the world, all the allies were caught off guard. France is like rushing to get people to the airport, get them the fuck out of there. So it's yeah. like, I don't know. And then are we being lied to about why they had to leave so quick? Like, is there a reason they left all those people behind and got the fuck out that we don't know about? Like, what's going on? Who, who calls the shots?
1: Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think that's the big question mark right there. <clears throat> if we, I mean, almost hopefully we are, just so it doesn't look so ridiculous. But if not, that's the only reason that people are complaining about the 20, you know, I don't care about the time, and really the money isn't as much of an issue. It's how many people died <clears throat> essentially for nothing.
0: Yeah. Because had
1: we at least somehow given them a fighting chance to, listen, I don't know shit about anything, but I I, I feel like we just... Stay in our own fucking lane, but but we don't. So since we like to go save the world, you should finish the job. That's yeah. my two cents. Like you know, at least give them a fighting chance to to be prepared to hold forward what you started for those time, and then you're set. I mean, yeah, if they and don't I, and they've been given a plan, that's on them. But for now, it's cool. like it does appear like someone woke up in the morning and was like, "All right, let's bounce." I mean, I think I took I think I spent more time planning my move across
0: the country. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like, you know, I had to organize a truck
0: and things, I mean. (laughs) You at least let your barber know you were going. He's not sitting there on Saturday at 2 with his scissors in his hand (laughs) (laughs) waiting for Dusty to come.
1: Where's Dusty? (laughs) I I did let her know the week before, but still, I mean, I let her know, you know.
0: (laughs) So I watched, uh, uh, God, I want to try to get off this, but this kind of takes your point. I watched a, a show where they were talking to military people that had spent a lot of time over there you know right. and they were saying like the the marines that i saw um well i'm not sure if they were marines or army so my apologies to these guys um but they were saying stuff like uh yeah the afghan army uh we always knew it was hopeless because they're they're all on drugs 80 percent of the time oh wow and they don't remember anything and they don't retain any information because they're super super high on drugs and if we drug tested the Afghan army they would all be out huh. and they smoke hash all day and they use heroin and they're fucked up all the time and the second we left they just put their guns down and quit and it's no surprise wow and that's what they that's what a bunch of these guys said they're like yeah we had a hard time trying to train those guys and, and it wasn't easy and you know you can't make people really believe in a cause right no you, you can't know, it's like a job like if you had a job at a convenience store right you're yeah. like eh, I work Saturday at noon it's like oh yeah, I am in the army I gotta be there at noon Yeah. but right. they're just like he just said that was the way it was over there they were all on drugs all the time and wow. it was really hard to train them but That's they had crazy. to overlook it because it was so like <clears throat> so widespread just part of like life there so you can't like fire and the guy
1: because it's not the guy it's
0: all of them yeah. Yeah. Like you'd have no army. So that was one of the things that I found interesting. And that was several guys that were talking about that.
2: I wonder, like, think imagine it just hit me too because I'm thinking about that. If that's the way their culture is, I think about growing up in the U.S. when you have the idea of like, if I were to grow up and go to the military what that would be like and I can't imagine like it must be like a party like I want to go out to the I want to join the army so I can like party you know that's what it sounds like that's what it sounds like it must be
0: so yeah I don't know it's just it was interesting to hear that I was like oh shit and it was hopeless from the beginning because this the the desire to do the job isn't isn't like really in the fabric of these guys they're you know it's like they need a job, and that's the good job. Yeah,
1: that's where so. you, that's where you wish then that, that we would have spent six months there instead of twenty years. Like if that were the case, you know what I mean. It's almost like if these guys know that, then guys have known that for years.
0: Yeah, and so like we, the president, yeah, the president, <laughs> the president just the president just emptied his accounts. And where would he go? Where would he go? Uh, he, he went yeah, to he like um, to. See to, 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 to Tunisia. Where did he go? T- no he went somewhere I don't I just remember
1: seeing that he accident immediately as well he's like yeah he went
0: somewhere in Africa with a bunch of money he just left like the day they pulled out he's fucking gone and they're like oh the government just instantly collapsed and the army just instantly left hmm. like it didn't even didn't even last a day
1: they there was quit. no fight
0: <laughs> no so bizarre we live in a bizarre world you know you can't fix everything man you can't I don't know this idea of policing and fixing the planet is I don't know it doesn't seem to work they didn't learn in Vietnam
1: I starting to feel like the the difference between now and 20 years ago not this case but in general is that the public is seeing more and more of the bullshit same thing we see with each other like people say oh Instagram has made people vain I'm like no you can just see them easier now Right. You know, yeah, I feel like guys. that's happening with a lot of things where it's probably been shady the whole time, but the world is kind of being let in yeah. on it a little bit more and more. Yeah. You know, I mean and- so that's a fascinating thing to look at. Like yeah. you know, when I think of gangsters now, I think of Hillary Clinton, not uh, you know what I mean? I'm like Yeah. There, right, there ain't nothing more gangster than people making running jokes about you killing people and no one no. knows shit about it.
0: Just wearing a <laughs> wearing a, wearing a, wearing a pant suit right in the back of a limo. Just having yeah. everyone that's a, that's a problem just disappeared. Yeah, that's gangster. Um, also, too, one thing is I want to be real clear. When we do touch on politics on this show, I, I want to make sure I distance myself from the people who feel like they have all the answers. I, I am genuinely super interested in hearing other people's views like someone might have just heard what I said there where I'm like oh we've been lied to for 20 years and they might think no that's actually not true this is what happened I'd love to hear your yeah. point of view I don't like I, I I feel like a lot of people out there we're watching a clip from Fox and then a clip from CNN mm-hmm. and then a clip from MSNBC so we get like the CIA's version and then and then, and then we're like who's more full of shit, (laughs) what's consistent. So if all three say something, then you know it's probably true. Yeah, And then you like filter and then you go to YouTube and you like watch an interview on Rogan of someone who used to work for the defense department and you like take his word into like, you know, and then you, Mike Baker, who used to be a CIA agent, tells a few stories and you filter it through that. And then you turn on breaking points and you see the two breaking points hosts that I really like. And you kind of filter it through that. And then you just kind of go, well, it sounds like these guys are all lying to us.
1: (laughs) Well, Plus you've got, you got personal bias. I mean, that's the one thing I remember. Yeah. But that's why why I I try not to say, because I I have my own personal bias anyways. I mean, you know, I, I, it's funny, but it's like, you, you have to remember that. Like, I think yeah. Biden's a fucking moron. So when I see what it even appears to be a stumble, I'm like, ah, there you go. Right. And, right. and I could be off base. You know what I mean? But it's that's just a fact. It's, a, it's it's funny because as Americans, I'm sure it's the same way in Canada, like everyone who thought that way about Trump, it was like, you're just an idiot because you hate Trump. Then you fast forward a couple of years and I'm like, Biden's a moron in general. <laughs> right. right. You know right, what I mean? Right. And it's like, well, aren't you kind of doing the same thing? And don't get me wrong, I mean, I still think he's a moron, but I definitely know there's a bias when he reads. I was gonna say speaks, but we all know he doesn't speak on his own. Um, So yeah, (laughs) you gotta gotta factor that stuff in, because I have had people on this show come at me like they don't like what I say, and I'm like, you're allowed.
0: Yeah, you're perfectly down, fine
1: yeah. and I'm not an expert so yeah. do your thing do your yeah thing.
0: yeah and I don't ever <laughs> want to sound like I think I know I'm just like this is what I saw I just saw this yeah. program saying this it was interesting what do you guys think yeah, yeah. so okay well I just had to touch on it because it was just like fucking crazy to me you know
1: right down this Ooh. time slot so people who don't like this shit and just skip right past it we always have the time
2: stamps. yeah i should write them down right now i could just like those, those to save important me time stamps later
1: because i'm sure some. it's funny but like when i walk into like like go to my mother's house they have the news playing i'm like i don't know. it's like as soon as i walk in i'm like i don't even want to see that shit. yeah <laughs> so i could see people that way on the show
0: so i got a so i got a few topics yes one of the topics was all these new guys all these new guys, I saw one comment that made me laugh, and it like kind of made me think um, the comment was i can 't believe you don't know all these guys' names oh I yeah, can't believe yeah. you have to look up I can't believe you have to look up their names and I thought, well, that's a good point, you know because yeah. I, I remember like when I got into bodybuilding back in 1990, I remember you know reading the magazines cover to cover right. and and I think that era a of bodybuilder you you program the names into your head much better like you're reading articles about them you're seeing like 10 pictures of them in the article yeah you know like I don't know it's it's I feel like now on Instagram and it might just be cuz I'm older and I'm super busy and I run a business and blah 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 and I got a lot going on but I just feel like I'm bombed with so many pictures of so many great bodybuilders yeah like it's just overwhelming and then Sometimes, like for example i you I, I followed this one guy, followed him, saw all his photos, he looked great, and then I saw stage photos and didn 't realize he was on stage because he's got tan on and he fucking shaved his beard and right. yada, yada yada, and then I looked right. at the names, and i 'm like, oh, that's that guy I followed like there's all these these things that aren't connecting because Instagram is just kind of a it's a different animal, you know right. we're viewing the sport through a completely different medium that's that's just so jumbled and and crowded and you know stuff like that like there's guys i follow and then i realize that they just won a sh- like won a 212 show I'm right like, oh that guy won a 212 show i thought he looked awesome i just didn't realize he was going to win a 212 show and go to the olympia this year i was just following him because he looked great
2: you yeah. know
0: so there's just so much going on that i will admit it is a lot harder for me to like keep up and when i see the top five i always stop and look at the names and i try to go like oh fuck there's like three names here i've never seen before Right. right. And you know what I mean? What do you guys, do you guys have that sort of feeling too? Well, well back,
1: uh, when we were, when I knew every bodybuilder and, and could like, I laugh when people do the guess who this is and they do a physique that's 2009 and below, I'm like, oh, I could do this all day long. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's because we only went to two or three places to find out who was, who it was MD, yeah. you know, Iron Man and flex magazine. So there, those were the channels. Now we all have our own channel. Hmm. Like I'll have people ask me, hey, what, like, like a couple weeks ago, I had somebody say, what do you think of so-and-so's comments about bodybuilding? And I'm like, who the fuck is that? Then I go click on him. Dude's got 10 billion followers. I'm like, oh, I've never heard of him. Yeah. Like I think that that's where people get confused or, or you'll see um, for the longest, like I see guys that I see are great bodybuilders that are training with someone I know and I never actually realize who they are. I just see them spotting. Because I don't follow. I think the other thing people don't realize is, and I'm trying to actually diminish the people I follow is, if I don't get a direct benefit, I don't need to see it. Like they have impressive physique or all these things, but if I don't get a little more value than that out of it, I'm old. I don't really care.
2: Like a nice butt. Are you saying? Yeah. You? Exactly. It's, yeah. Okay. It's
1: smoking hot and doesn't speak. I'm like, perfect. That's lovely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, there's just so many. I think people forget there are so many great. Both bodybuilders and influencers out there that it's like, I mean, there's literally guys with three, five million followers that I bump into. I'm like, when did you pop up? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. So no, I, I don't feel like I know half of the people in the, in the top anymore at these, uh, at the smaller shows. It's not until the Olympia that I'm like, oh yeah, I pretty much, there's guys at the Olympia. I'm like, oh, never heard of you, but you got here. Holy shit.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's just it was funny to me that someone's like, I can't believe you don't know everybody's name, and I'm like, I knew everybody's name for like 25 years. <laughs> yeah.
1: I just, you know how old I am?
0: <laughs> I got other stuff going on now. It's just so funny that that's uh, that that you know what I mean. That's that's uh, it's just so populated now. Yeah, it so was
2: different guy- then too because like you would be a fan of whatever you know, Flex Magazine MD they would like they put it all together or like the MuscleTech athletes in the early 2000s mm-hmm. like you knew everybody on MuscleTech and you felt like even though those guys might not have seen each other all the time you'd be like oh there's Dave Henry and you know oh there's you know Jay Cutler it's like all these guys are kind of part of that same yeah. crew and it was there there was like the branding was different now you could go you like like you said Rod, or Dusty you could go your whole you know life without finding this one guy who happens to have 10 million followers, but you just didn't happen to follow him. So in a way, I don't know, man, you know what else too? the names, because you, I might know somebody as like, you know, weapon X, but I didn't know his yeah. real name was Derek Oslin, you know, kind of thing. So I, I had this,
0: I had this happen. You guys know Martin Fitzwater? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what an awesome bodybuilder that guy is. but. I just knew his like Instagram name for a while because he was training with Branch and stuff, and I started following him. Yeah, and it's like I can't. It's like Mar Fitz. I can't remember. It's got a number in it or something. But someone said to me, they're like, "Oh yeah, Martin Fitzwater. Like he's one of my favorite new guys." And I was like, "Oh, I have to look that guy up." Like,
2: yeah,
0: because <laughs> I, I didn't realize. And then when I looked him up, I'm like, I've already been following this guy. I've liked a bunch of his photos. I think he's awesome. But yeah. it's just that Instagram thing. I had some guy come up to me the other day. There was like. um a bit of a little event at our gym and he was there checking it out and he comes up and he goes, I'm a big fan. I've been following you, you know, on your Instagram for a while. I love this and this. And he talked to me for a while. And then I like, uh, I said, thanks. He goes, Hey, what's your last name? (laughs) (laughs) He asked me my last name, but he like, he named like 10 things that he'd seen me kind of do on Instagram over the last year. You know, he brought up the biking and he said he watches a show and he's like, I can't remember your last name. And I was like part low. And he's like, Oh, I just call you rep 300. Exactly. Know? Yeah. It's just funny. That's what's
1: funny mm-hmm. though. Is when, when I got into the forums, everyone had their weird name and I knew that the marketing was my thing. And I was like, I need him to know my name. So literally from yeah, day yeah. one, I was dusty handshaw. Cause so I was like, I don't want people to meet me and go, Oh, you're, you know, Black X 524. I'm like, Nobody did oh, that yeah, back yeah. then.
2: Nobody did yeah, that I was back the, then.
1: I was the only one. I'm like, yeah, this seems creative. I'll just use my name.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I told well, I also, you how I was I also wasn't online,
1: saying right? illegal shit online. So I think yeah, that yeah. was part of the, the cover back uh, then. Was, there was open conversation about illegal things. I think that's half the reason that uh, everyone had their little thing. And I'm like, if they want to find you, they're going to find you anyways. My name's Dusty. We're good to go. Uh,
0: I just <laughs> I remember... I just remember Jay was Cuts260 and Palumbo was Huge285. Yep. Which was his email so I, for
1: 100 years. Yeah. also so probably, probably still is. is. Yeah. yeah.
0: 300. Yeah. Yeah. At <laughs> AOL.com, right? Yep. Huge285 at AOL.com.
1: <laughs> Classics. Awesome.
0: So, yeah, that's uh, funny. I just, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot now. Like, some of these guys, like, a land, you know, you land on a page, a guy's doing something crazy. You look, mm-hmm. he's got 200,000 followers, and you're like, oh.
2: You know what, too? <laughs> it's that bodybuilding moves so fast that, mm-hmm. you know, what what was, like, I, I mean, I feel like, honestly, I this is going to sound old, but I feel like 2012 was just yesterday. And what? if you look at, like, from t- 2012, how many, like, how many generations of great pros there have been. There's been like a lot of people come and go since then, you know,
0: I, I was having this discussion the other day. Do you think bodybuilders careers are shorter now? Hmm. Right. I think they Mm -hmm. are. The average career is shorter, shorter. And there's a bunch of reasons for that, you know? And I think, I think one of them is just, The drugs at that level you either got to have the talent or you got to do the drugs right and if you don't want to do the drugs and you don't have the talent it's over yeah right and that's just my like you know cynical view of of the really high level i mean we know who the guys with the talent are because they're there they're healthy they're putting in like i mean look at cutler
2: yeah yeah like dexter
0: million bucks dexter you know like they're in and spend 20 years doing that level and still just like walk out like, Hey guys, it was great. And so we know they had the talent, but you know, the guys that put in the two, three years, push and push and push and it's getting nuts. And then they're just gone. Yeah. And they're like, fuck it. You know, the body breaks down, you start blowing stuff. It's just, you know, and also too like the training to put that much size on, not everybody's body can take what dusty's body can take. Yeah. You know, Guys go, well, I got to get as thick as Dusty to even hope to stand next to him. And then they see what he's doing, and they're like, Jesus, fuck, I got to find another way to do something to get my back that thick. And if their body can't handle it, injury It is a
1: weird. It is a weird thing that you, and I know we've talked about this a million times, but it's always fun to me when people will watch a video and say, I don't know why you do that. You know, Phil Heath never had to do that. And I'm like, I'm human, very human.
0: Yeah. He is not. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, like. Please do not compare me to that. it's insulting to him. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah. And so there's, there's all these different types. That I remember talking to, to someone about Ronnie with all the different types of genetics. Like, what is good genetics, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, good genetics could be you put muscle on easy. Right? Sure. But another type of good genetics is okay. The muscle doesn't come easy, but your body's very durable. Hmm. Right. So you could train well, like I a think the,
1: I think it's the same <laughs> thing with drugs, though. Like, you yeah, see exactly. people who don't yeah. take a ton, and their blood work is a mess. Yeah. And then yeah. I know, I know. I mean, personally, for some clients that have come to me, and I see their numbers, and they're higher than I want them to be. And quite honestly, I keep them higher than I usually would because you can't bring them all the way back down to what I would do. And then we do their blood work, and I'm like, "Well, shit, you're you're fine. <laughs> I don't know how, yeah. but." You are, and you you keep checking it, waiting for the wheels to fall off. And some people, that's the thing, too, is there's genetics for that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's possible. What your body take? (laughs) It's possible to have the genetics to, like, you know, you got the shape, structure, body's pretty durable. It looks like everything's going good, but you got terrible genetics for tolerating any drugs at all. Sure. Right. So I've seen those guys. They got great physiques. They look good. They do like I remember one guy I knew he did some Prope and Anivar mm-hmm. one cycle and he had so much hair loss mm. and like his hair was just falling out of his head. like And then when he went off the drugs to try to stop everything from falling out and his also his cholesterol went from like hmm. normal to just fucking terrible. right? And he's like, I guess I can't take uh, Anivar Prope. And I was like, well it was a worse. Well, you're never gonna be a good bikini competitor then. Okay. Right. <laughs> so you know, some people can't well, hey, we know this. We've all partied with people, right? Some people can't handle their drugs. <laughs>
1: Vegas eats up another one.
0: Vegas eats up <laughs> another one. Yes. No man. My girlfriend just got back. I was a bachelor for sixteen days. Wow, that's a long she time. She was in your in your yeah, she was in Europe with two of her best friends. They were traveling huh. around, you know, drinking some wine on beaches and having fun. So it was just me and the dog. So it was a uh, boys night every night.
2: So what did you That's do? What did you did, Were you like, okay, now I'm gonna take advantage of this and do something, you know, different or whatever. Or like, did you stop, you know? No, you didn't stop like doing the dishes and stuff. I'm sure you kept up on everything, didn't you?
1: Oh, actually, so the question is: houses, Did you stop? Yeah. Uh, did you stop watching some of the shows you guys were watching? Oh, together, there we go. What did you leave her in the past?
0: <laughs> no, I I uh, I I binged a bunch of movies that I've had on my Netflix list. Okay, okay, you know That's what I mean. Exactly. Like I just I cleared up a bunch of stuff. You know, I watched a bunch of things I was trying to finish up that you know I was watching by myself before, so it was good. But I actually, didn't watch a ton of TV. You know, I spent a lot of time with the dog. I got a lot of work done, you know, it was good. Very, I'm a very boring free man, you know? Well, yeah, that's
1: me too. Like if everyone were to leave at this point in life, I'd be like, all right, so I'll just sit here in silence. That's amazing. (laughs) That's That's my life.
0: Just just work on your laptop. Just hear echoes in the house like this is
1: fantastic.
0: (laughs) So I'm looking forward to the next boys trip whenever I'm actually booked to leave on a plane or something that'll be a good time true nutrition has supported our programming now for a number of
2: years and i'm super grateful for it because they believe in us and i believe in them i'm sure you guys have heard of dante trudel we talk about him on the shows Uh, he had a vision of offering high quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price they have a ton of different protein powders just about every type you could think of literally thousands of flavor combinations hit me up if you're interested in suggestions they offer health supplements i use their collagen and their fish oil and of course they offer performance supplements you can get bulk eaa powder or beta alanine You can also get finished products like the Mountain Dog Perry MD Intro Workout. If you shop with True Nutrition and you use our code THINK, you'll get some additional savings, you'll get high-quality supplements, and you will support our programming. You can also help to support the shows through Patreon. I appreciate everybody who's made a contribution. You guys are helping to keep me pumping these podcasts out. I have links to everything in the description. Check them out. Let me know what you think, and let's get back to the program.
1: I have a great question to start it off, and this one is basically leaned right to Ron, whether it was meant to be or not. Always fell ill after training, especially after legs. Anything wrong, or is that normal? Well, puke uh, expert, let's do this.
0: Okay, so <laughs> puking. So there's, it could be one of, one of both or a combo. So there could be something wrong, or it could be from. Training exertion and shock to the body and stuff. So there's a combination of things going on there. Um, stimulants will make nausea worse. Um, some of the pre workouts now that are on the market are terrible for nausea. Sometimes, like, sometimes I'll see guys throw up in the bathroom at the gym, and I'm like, oh, "Are you doing legs?" And they're like, "No, I'm doing arms." But that pre workout was just oh my pretty God. strong. Like. And you know, people are doing dumb shit, they're double scooping, yeah. they're taking like a full dose of pre-workout and a caffeine pill, um, right. you know, it's, it's, they're just, so there's a lot of that going on and uh, heavy stimulants definitely add to to the nausea. So if you do train like brutal, it makes it worse. So then you're more likely to throw up. Um. So train legs on just a little, like just have a coffee and go train legs. And. If you don't have the same problem then there's a you're overdosing you're overdosing your system can't handle what you're putting in and um uh eating too close to a leg workout can cause that uh one of the big reasons is just compression on the abdomen you know when we're training shoulders or arms i mean i can eat like a teriyaki steak and rice meal and like 20 minutes later be doing side laterals yeah like i'm fine but if I eat like a steak and rice meal, I start legs like 90 minutes later. And that's just something that I learned was an important factor. So my nausea was training related for sure because it would happen even with no stims and 90 minutes. So it was, I know it was training related. So I, what I always did was I was working to minimize it. So that's why leg day I would take less stimulant. I would eat farther from my workout. I would be more careful even like, not drinking anything but water on leg day, which I know is the opposite. Guys think, oh, leg day so hard. I got to drink all these carbs and all these aminos. But one of my main things was water was the least disturbing to my gut. So like when I was competing, I just, I only drank water on leg day. Hmm. And yeah. so that was another part of it. Right. Um, but the training super hard. I mean, that can happen. And leg day something, you know, when you push yourself and you disturb your nervous system like that. And it's, uh, it's um like a receptors in your brain that are picking up these your blood chemistry and thinking you're all fucked up and purging your system and making you vomit and that's part of nausea that's why drunk people throw up cuz their brain detects that they're poisoned and it like hmm. eject eject what's coming in right so that's part of it so yeah you know those fucking heavy ass rest pause sets on a leg press and squat to failure and all that it comes into it so and some people are just pukers. So did you, you you puked a lot, you're saying? I puked a lot on leg day. I, I I estimate I mean, I used to throw up every single leg day. So You're kidding me. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times I would vomit on leg day, either after quads before I did hams or after hams, or sometimes after quads and then after hams. Huh. And then I told this story on here once where there was a period of time around two thousand where I started vomiting before my leg workout. ooh, And I knew that at that point, I had an anxiety issue on leg day that was, and then I would take my pre-workout, like caffeine or whatever, and it would just be too much. yeah. And this yeah. anxiety twinned with some stim. And I would just be like, oh my God, it's leg day. It's leg day, fuck, 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 fuck. And then I would just throw up. And then once I started puking before my leg workout, I remember my, my best friend was my training partner at the time. And he was like, I think, I think you gotta relax a bit before you train. I think we gotta like chill out a little bit, you know? Yeah. And then so, all of a sudden you understood
1: Jordan's music selection during training.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah. It was just, you know, it was uh it was interesting. So yeah, that's that's my that's my history with puking. I don't really throw up on leg day anymore, but I'm also a lot lighter and I train light. I still train super hard, like just as hard, but the weights aren't as big and and also my cardio is better because I'm lighter and all that stuff. So, um, you know, maybe that's a factor I was going
1: to mention that. Is I, I think that I haven't gotten sick in years. But when I used to, it was also when I was a lot fatter. I was <laughs> eating a lot more let's get calories in and a lot less let's make sure we're eating decent food. Um, so I think that plays a, a pretty heavy role as well if that's something you need to play with. Because, um, yeah, that was when I was in that age group of like – you got to grow, so you got to eat. And I was lazy, so McDonald's was something I ate a lot of. I used to eat like sick all the time back then.
2: No kidding. Yeah. yeah. Like around training, you, you'd throw up at the gym?
1: After, like, or during, After. you know, like, it'd yeah. be a, the only the only blessing I had, and I know Ron has this ability, too, was when I would get nauseous. I'm somebody who could get a little nauseous, and I could literally walk outside and go, time to puke, and make it happen, Yeah, and then it's gone. And then yeah, right it's super aware. I've I've never understood people who could, they're like, oh, I'm nauseous. And they'd like tinker around and keep trying to train. I'm like, well, go get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. That'll go away if you just puke a couple good times. You'll be good to go.
0: Yeah. I've thrown Mm. up a lot in my life. Like if you include all the training, I'd probably puked a thousand times in my life. And I've just puked sometimes. Like I remember one time I was just completely sober. Like. And someone's like, have a shot. Have one shot. And I was like, OK, I'll have one shot. Oh, God. And I just slammed. It, it was an Applejack. I remember it was Apple Sour with Jack. And I slammed right. an Applejack. And I was like, I to go to the bathroom. I just walked into the
1: bathroom.
2: Oh, my God. Went,
0: Holy fuck. That didn't <laughs> taste good. That didn't sit good. You know, have you just had, had Applejack
2: since then? Is that was oh, that. Oh, where, God, yeah. I've OK. okay yeah. Another
0: one again. I remember regretting, like I remember regretting it the second I took. I was just like, "Oh, I'm gonna puke." Yeah. I love that you said
1: that because that's the you know the only thing that's ever gotten me sick in my entire life. When I was a kid, I used to drink all the time was sour apple puckers Puckers. Oh God. It was so sweet, and I got hammered off of them when I was like, oh. 16 one time. Like just, yeah. I couldn't even imagine how many of how many ounces I took down of that shit but you want to talk about never, I don't even need to drink, eat a green Jolly Rancher anymore, like I'm out. Oh God, God. it's over <laughs> <Yeah>. it's <laughs> over Memories of that taste are, are garbage, for sure. Uh, we're gonna to touch this just because I, it has to, because someone asked. "For I use GH only training days, five days a week, does that make sense?
0: Well, um, the, so the five day a week thing isn't ideal. Obviously, I, GH, you know, is better if you take it every day. But I remember talking to some some guys who were telling me that Dorian didn't take it every day because he thought that a higher dose, fewer days was hmm. actually more effective. And um, I just remember having some guys from England tell me that, you know, I don't know how true this is, but uh, that Dorian would rather use, you know, six IU's on training days than four IU's every day or whatever the math was. Yeah. And, uh, I just remember thinking, oh, that's interesting. And then I remember, um, when I worked with, uh, Chad, I remember Chad said, well, you know, I'd rather you do like at least four IU. So if it's more efficient, you could take it on Deja train. Uh huh. And, and then I remember, you know, I've, I've, you know, done a lot of listening to some of Scott's podcasts actually. And, um, there is one thing that skipping a few days would be great for and that would be not uh causing insulin insensitivity yes you know how growth hormone can make you a little bit insulin resistant um Mm -hmm. and so if you skip the odd day um you might be able to bypass that happening um but i mean it it just comes down to like is your growth well first of all is your growth hormone good yeah (laughs) like (laughs) i'll tell you this one yeah, I'll tell you this. You know, four IU is five days a week of pharma growth is better than eight IU's shit growth every day. Right. So, you know, at the end of the day, how good is it? Um, I would say it's not ideal, but I would say that I could see justification for doing that. Hmm. Is that? Yeah, I think the majority
1: of the justification. I guess the only thing I would say is when I first got into the idea of growth, back then it was like a thing. Like people are like, but only take it five days a week. And it wasn't until I learned more that I understood that the, the only reason most people are doing that is they couldn't afford seven days a week. So it wasn't as much of a scientific fact or this works better. Yeah, right. um, yeah, yeah. You know, And like you said, the insulin resistance, I definitely agree with. But that's more the odd day than five days a week. Um, so I, I think that, that you know, to answer the question, yes, that's fine. But if you can afford seven days a week, then do it and and you're gonna see more and then of course you know toss in those days or time periods because that's how i always did it was um i was only using growth really um pre-contest for the longest time because i was just like well you don't get that much out of it so i didn't see the sense in spending the money when i didn't have it back in the day i was or i was more in the factor of like well i could invest that money right in the off
0: season right. and turn it into more money <laughs>
1: As opposed to right. turning into growth hormone for the three pounds and a guy that's not gonna get anywhere anyways on stage, so what's the point? I,
0: I, I, what do you think,
2: Scott? I, I, I'm, man. I'll tell you what. I think that I, now when you're getting up to like four units, I think that that insulin insulin sensitivity thing could become a factor. But um, I mean, outside of that, I I think it sounds like a fine plan. I wouldn't go any higher. You know, four units five days a week. I think that that sounds like plenty. And I guess I I was going to kind of ask you guys a question because a question that I get from a lot of newer guys is, you know, somebody will have an idea in their head where they're like, oh, well, I've never run growth and I really want to get everything I can out of this next cycle. You know, should I add growth hormone? And they're debating on spending, you know, maybe a thousand bucks or something like that on a few, you know, good, you know, there's there is decent generics out there. I I, yeah. I hesitate to say like you know generics fine because there's such a wide array of quality. But let's say he spends a thousand dollars on some good generics. How much? Look, this is the question: Is how much more can I expect to get out of that? So let's say that this guy is running four units five days a week. How much better would you guys say? his results are gonna be, versus not even touching growth hormone at all. Because sometimes this guy who's asking me is like, just had a baby, you know? And he's like, you know, working really hard. Should he even invest that $1,000, you know? Yeah,
0: There's a, a a I had a thing that I used to say to people. If you took a guy who'd only been skiing for a year, and you bought him the best skis in the world, is he gonna ski any better? Right. Yeah. Right. Or is he good on a pair of $500 skis from the local store? Like, just yeah. go get some good skis, or is he going to all of a sudden ski better? And that's sort of how I feel about growth hormone. If you take a world class skier and you put him on department store skis, he can still kick ass, but he needs the best skis that he's used to, those really good skis, to be the Olympic time guy that he can be. I like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like, for an inexperienced skier, the skis just have to be pretty good. But for the best skier, he is going to be better on his $3,000 custom-made skis that the sponsor made just for him. Yeah. Right? So, I don't know. That's kind of how I see growth hormone. <laughs>
2: you know? That's good. Yeah, that's a
0: good, that's a good analogy. Okay. Now, here's a question for you. Wait, I think we lost. Do we have... Did we lose Dusty? I mean, yeah. I just thought he was bored. I
2: yeah. thought he was like being real stoic there for a minute.
0: Yeah. I just like.
2: So, yeah, I don't, yeah we lost Dusty. He'll Dusty come back. back. He'll call back. <laughs> what do you were think? You? What's that? You like the
0: ski analogy, Scott? Or I like that. It's good. Here he is. <laughs> there he is.
2: We thought you were deep in thought. Wait, he's still yeah, frozen. Yeah, I thought you were just super He's still likely, frozen.
0: Really thoughtful. He's still frozen. Oh, there he is! He's back. There he goes. There we go. There we go.
1: Here we go. So I here's just, here's I one for to you guys. Lower my blink count. So
0: I froze for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the uh, paralytics were still in your system. <laughs> we should have hit him again. <laughs> so yeah. Well, they did say you could handle your drugs. So um. So here's a question for you. You know, Scott, you've interviewed so many people, talked about this so many times. Dusty, obviously, you have a ton of knowledge. What are your opinions on cutting growth hormone before the contest? When, how much of a difference does it make? Should should, do some people keep it in right to the show? What do you think?
1: Go ahead, Scott. You can hit it first. Yeah, with the
2: the um, the answer that covers everything. It depends. It depends. It depends, because you know what? There is it one depends. guy who's gonna just look completely bloated on two units. I'm gonna give you guys an example, uh, and I'm gonna incriminate myself and my friend VJ. We may oh. we may or may not in 2012 or 13 ish somewhere in there uh, purchased uh 10 kits of growth and split it because we got a deal, you know, by by getting the right, 10 kits. Right. So it's the same growth, right? Um I start taking like three, four units a day. VJ starts taking two units. At the time we were training partners and I look more or less the same, a little fuller. Uh and VJ starts gaining weight. I shit you not like two weeks in he was up like twenty five pounds, like, 20, and it was like every inch of his body was bigger. His face, everything. I looked at him in the gym, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like he looked like expanded in every direction. And if like he looked good in the gym, like if he were to peel down, Ooh. that would have been a a mess because it a was mess. like twenty five yeah. pounds of water, you know. So mm-hmm. that's a perfect example of like. Imagine if VJ and I were both to compete. Would you pull VJ's growth hormone before the show? It was the, it was the craziest look ever. I was like, I didn't realize that was possible. At first, I thought I was like, holy shit, you're like a genetic anomaly. Like, you have such a good response. And then we realized, no, it's just a lot of fluid, it's just a lot of water. That's funny,
0: I remember uh, Chad told me a story about Paul Dillett. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, Paul was peeled like, you know, 290 pounds yeah you know peeled but he just had like a film and some water in his ankles you know what i mean he'd have like at the end of the day he'd have like water in his ankles and some water in his quads so like you know about 10 days out we cut his gh and you know his weight would just drop right down to like 275 dry as a bone wow like oh so he's carrying 15 pounds of water from his gh (laughs) like just like, I was like, wow, maybe his GH is way better than mine. because not <laughs> doesn't happen to me. Was, <laughs> you know?
1: That's true. And then there's. You know, it's uh, it's there's, funny you said that because I, I have the same thing with people. They'll mention, like, they're on two IUs of growth, they're like, man, my hands keep going numb and all this. And I'm like, yeah. I've never had that. And I've only ever bought American growth. <laughs> I'm like, shit. <laughs> Right. Why, why? Why are your hands falling apart? And and I I ne- I've ne- I don't even get numb hands when I sleep. Yeah. Like right. Nothing. Yeah. Like, huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah so definitely. that's that's a perfect answer, Scott. Is it, it? It really does depend. Um, and it's all all back to to how long does it take them to get rid of water.
0: Yeah. yeah. So yeah. let's let's say this. Let's say this. Let's say it's the first time you're prepping them. So you kind of have to do like a default just to be safe. Right. Okay, it's first time. When would you pull growth? Like a week out, 10 days out, out. three days out?
2: I'd, I'd go as me, far as say. two. I'd go as if I were really conservative, I'd say two, but yeah, like, a, like between one to two. I'd say a week what would probably be fine.
1: Dusty? Yeah, I would do a week for sure.
0: Okay, okay. See, that's I was even interested in hearing what you guys were going to say because a week is kind of like that's like default. Like, you yeah, should probably give that a try. I'm, you know what I mean? Unless you have the time like earlier in the prep, like, like you know, sometimes you get a little tester, like, the so guys, run, guy runs out of growth and he has none <laughs> for a week and he, and he loses five pounds that week. Yeah. And then he gets right. some more growth, you know, you're like, oh, well, you dropped five pounds just by going off your growth. So, we know that you got, you know, something going on. So, okay. Yeah. You got some questions, Dusty?
1: I do. I just gave you that question. We just went so far off, you forgot that it was a question. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm going to ask this one, but it's also because I want to answer it. If testicular shrinkage didn't get cured with HCG, what is your go-to?
0: HCG cures testicular shrinkage?
1: Well, my first thing is, what's wrong with testicular shrinkage? It just gives you more room. I love that. Yeah. It's sweet. There's just plenty of room for other things around here. It's great. <laughs> right.
0: All the room for activities. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, no, uh, that, that oh was the
0: geez. full question there. Jeez, I don't even know. Like, what, what, what would I go to? Jeez, I don't know. I remember we used to take loads of tribulus. Hmm. <laughs> you know? And diasporic acid. Oh, yeah. Scoops and scoops oh, of diasporic acid and tribulus. That's what we used to do.
1: Yeah, the, the magic push. I think the biggest issue here is, is this guy's confused on HCG's job.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's not um, about making your balls bigger. <laughs> it's about getting the, that end of the loop firing and then he, yeah. you know. Yeah, so plus without without
1: more information, I just thought it was a funny question because yeah. if you're not going off, then it's not going to happen anyway. It's just, it's I wonder just if making, there's... making your body so it's your function again.
0: I wonder if there's guys out there, they're like not even on juice, they just want really big balls. Like for some reason, they just want big balls, like maybe their girlfriend's into big balls or something. So they're just taking HCG, like they don't even train, they're just taking big shots (laughs) HCG because they read somewhere on the internet that it made their balls bigger.
2: There was a guy in Columbus, Uh, he's, I think he passed away now, now I, so he was injecting something. Down there, and he actually trained at the 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 downtown powerhouse.
1: Oh yeah, and Didn't things into his balls.
2: Yeah, it was like a saline or something like that. And uh, I knew this girl. Uh, that was down there, and I I was talking to her for a little while.
0: Like down there, like down there with by his balls. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like,
2: I hope not. She was I hope down
0: not. there while he was talking to her. Wait a minute. No, he had like she was a like whole down there. She was like down there, and they were like full of saline. Yeah.
2: He uh he had this whole thing going on. He was like part of some sort of a relationship with these other men. And they were like dudes that would wear like the no shirt, but like with the leather straps, you know. Like and that like one of them was like named Daddy and stuff like that. She right. had, she kind of filled me in on all this. She's like, yeah, here's his website and stuff. And and he he did like uh like he did photos and stuff. And I'm telling you, like I saw a, a picture and it was burned into my brain. But these things, I swear to God, he had to put it this way. He had uh, at the gym. Because this is like it's he got quite a package, right? And like he had to wear like certain clothes at the gym. Like they told him, like, "Whoa, you can't just be in here in regular shorts." He had like a fanny pack that he would wear that kind of like you know misplay- like kind of hid stuff a little bit.
0: Oh wow!
2: Yeah, yeah. Imagine your so, junk so big that you need a fanny pack to keep the world from. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like those so,
0: Brazilian guys that go crazy on Synthol, but just with his balls. Yeah,
2: it was weird. It was really weird.
0: Now, do you, no, he must have done something to his dick, too, because you can't just get your balls giant, or they're just going to eat your dick up.
2: Yeah, I think that yeah, that was you, injected as well. Problem. It might have been What's actually that? like a silicone.
0: Why well, look at it as like
1: an illusion problem. Like if they were gigantic and then yeah. it was the same, it's not good. You know? No, it's a weird look, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you
0: know, the balls I'm sorry, hanging I, way I know down it's low. tiny, but
1: look how giant my balls are. It doesn't really help. Yeah. Me. I, com- yeah.
2: I completely forgot there was even a question. I just... <laughs>
1: I forgot yeah. the that that all, even existed. All I can think of the whole time is it's it's not really a shock that people love Scott on here. We have <laughs> derailed further than ever before on the second episode. <laughs> we're a hundred episodes deep. Scott's been here for two days, and we're completely on I track. Fucked everything. Right, up. So
0: I got a I got a funny story about a guy injecting his dick. So, so I had a friend. I had a friend in Australia, and he was a bit of a like he was. You know, he'd do anything, right? He, you know, he, want, he was taking juice and, you know, he's a bodybuilder and he liked to party. He always had like, he always had like E-tabs, you know, he'd always be like, I got a few E-tabs, you know, like he'd always have something. And I remember I went over to his house one time, we were just going to go eat. And uh, I saw this like package on his dresser and it was like a preloaded syringe. Like it looked like a Sustanon ready jack. Do you remember those, Scott? Those old Mexican I, ready I Jax? never
2: did them, but I've, oh, I've heard lore.
0: So, anyways, that's another story. So, um, it was like a ready jack, like a high tech syringe. You know, you push the little thing, and it like there's a little powder thing and water, and then it yeah, and then you inject it. But it was a tiny little needle. I'm like, what's this? And he goes, oh, that's a caverject. Yeah. And he's like, that's like you stick that in like the top of your dick, right Hmm. where your dick meets your body, like right at the base. I guess the base wouldn't be the worst spot. Yeah, the base. You just inject it into the base. And it gives you like a super incredible hard on for like a while, and it's called Caverject, and it was before they'd inve- invented Viagra. Yeah, okay. So it was before the pill. There was like they were desperate for an, an uh, you know a drug for in, um and you can't get it up right. So, anyways, he got his hands on one, and he goes, "Yeah, there's this new girl I'm seeing. I'm gonna take that and fuck her brains out like for a whole day." And I'm like, "Oh, okay. Tell me how it goes." So a little while later, he's like, yeah, so I had to go to the hospital. (gasps) And I'm like, what happened? And he's like, well, I took the shot and I fucked the girl like multiple times. And after about five hours, my dick was still rock hard. and It was starting to hurt. Oh, shit. And and it was like aching. And then I couldn't sleep because it hurt so bad. So I thought I had to fuck again. So I fucked her again. And then it still didn't go down. And it was just so it was starting to get really sore. And I thought, I oh, my God. It's been a day of sex. Yeah. And he said it was like like really purple, like dark. Yeah. And big, really, like bigger than a dick had ever been. And he's like started to worry me. So he went to the hospital.
2: When your dick is so big that you get worried. Yeah. He was like worried. <laughs> so his The girl, I
0: guess the girl was like, you should go to the hospital. Like something's wrong with your dick. Yeah. So he went to the hospital and they gave him an injection of something to counteract it. Yeah. And it like... Phew, came down and they said that he very well like if he hadn't come to the hospital he would have burst so many blood vessels in his dick that it would have been like damaged holy crap and they are like what did you fucking do and he's like well i took this caverject and he took like the whole thing yeah and they're like they're like we wouldn't even give an 80 year old man the entire thing wow you're supposed to take like a little portion of it huh and anyway, so that was his little experiment gone sideways. Jesus. The worst.
1: I, I just can't. I mean, the, the things that nurses and stuff have to deal with as you just roll in. You're oh. like, so as you can see, <laughs> no.
0: I stuck this random thing that I got. This this a drug. I don't have a prescription for. I stuck it in my dick.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 I've, I've had friends that are that are nurses and stuff. and They're like, oh, yeah. People jamming things in holes and stuff oh. and shouldn't go there. Normal. Yeah. She's like, it's no. almost like we don't even blink. We're like, oh, it's a race car. Anyways, pull that out of Yeah,
0: GI Joe, <laughs> fucking Nintendo controller. <laughs> Who knows what they're pulling? Fascinating out of
1: to me. I'm like, interesting. You just randomly decided to give that a roll, huh? Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. All right, I'm glad we completely have derailed. Our show is. Uh, it's, this is a new show. I, I, it's I not did. Just yeah, I'm
0: giving. I mean, yeah,
1: <laughs> it's not bodybuilding. That's our new thing. It's not I bodybuilding. Know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we can even release this one, but let's finish it up anyways. We'll continue. We should just keep rolling anyways.
2: <laughs> well, I'm going to um, get
0: hated on because I didn't automatically hate Arnold. Like, automatically. You know what else you didn't wow, do?
2: You didn't a, ask people Canadian. to... You
0: don't hate anybody. <laughs>
2: you, you didn't ask people to like, share, subscribe, and Dusty, and...
1: Ring the bell. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> but There don't, you go. Uh, but, but probably shouldn't share this one too much, but anyways... Uh, <laughs> This will be our most popular episode just to wear a mask.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay.
1: No, no, no. Oh, here's a good one. Is 30 an okay age to start competition?
0: Yeah. I mean, any age is good enough to any, you know, any age as an adult is fine to compete. As long as you have your shit in order. Yeah, I I see a lot of people who want to compete, but like you always say, Dusty, this is very expensive to do right and yeah. not just expensive money wise, but expensive. It's a time investment. It's a large time investment and energy investment. Even if you get the time down, like you got your five hours a week of training and cardio is no problem and you're busy and you got your schedule. It's an emotional investment. There's a lot of investment that you have to consider. Um and I see a lot of people trying to compete that don't have the ability to make those investments, hmm. and that's when it it's kind of like not a good idea to be in, to be competing. You know what I mean? Like they're super broke all the time, and or they're there's just a lot of chaos going on, or you know they're in the middle of something right now that's super disturbing. It's not always a great idea. So yeah, thirties fine. Thirties it's not too old. I mean, shit. Didn't Vince Taylor start competing when he was thirty?
2: Hmm.
1: That wouldn't shock me. But he stopped till he was like eighty-five. So, yeah,
0: yeah, he started old because okay. he was in the army for a long time first. I thought, yeah.
1: What do you think, Scott?
2: I'd say go for it. I mean, I didn't start competing until later in life. I think that the key is is health, right? I mean, the the older you get, the more likely you are to have health issues, and eventually, if you are a competitor you're probably going to have to hang it up because of health issues like hey i can't push the drugs the way i used to or i blew my knee out or you know whatever there's something that will take us out but if you're i mean 30 listen i feel like 30 is young now in 30s where you're just really coming into your prime maybe if, if you haven't already developed a fantastic physique for an average genetic person you're 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 gonna have a harder time becoming like a really big bodybuilder. You know what I mean? Like for a guy like Dusty, if Dusty never lifted, and then he hit thirty and started lifting, you could probably still put on the muscle you put on. Like it would just it if you you know if you had your training techniques down, all that you could probably still do it. But I will say for like that's that's an anomaly. For an average person, it's a matter of like okay, you love bodybuilding. Now you got to put in the next ten years to build a really big physique you might not have that kind of time i don't know i mean i'm just throwing that out there i can't say that's an absolute but i'm just thinking like your average 30 year old white guy who hasn't been like super involved in sports all his life and he decides he likes this but i i don't see why not i mean you'd still grow muscle what what do you guys
1: think about um Training age because that's something I take into account with people. Mm. They'll come to me and say hey, can I do this? And I'll say good point you you haven't been training and I'm like well, then you're 20 Yeah, because if you haven't done I shouldn't say just training, but if you haven't broken your body down So I think that's another factor is yeah, think about it I got into bodybuilding because I was already so fucked up. I couldn't do what I used to do Mm. My shoulder surgery already I had knee surgery already like I got into bodybuilding as a default because I was already broken from other things if you're fresh, I'm like, well, then in my, in my, you're young. It's like, all right, let's, let's see. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't let the number 30 get in your way. And I do agree with you a hundred percent, Scott. I think that 30 now is not what it was 30 years ago.
2: Sure. Yeah.
1: Like, you know, I mean, dead, I mean, and I, I'm going to prove this in time so we can, we can see how well this statement ages, but I should be the biggest and best I've ever been by my 41st birthday. Hmm. Because of how right. I've done things like I did Essentially take three years and yeah, I trained my ass up, but I didn't try to grow. I wasn't eating a ton of food I wasn't blasting drugs. So that's a, a that's something that changed where usually I would tell somebody you can't do that Like hmm. if you've been gunning your whole time, then of course at 36 37 You're not gonna suddenly get better at 40. Yeah, you know, you, you're not you're not making any mistakes so to speak but yeah, I think I don't think the age is an issue, but I think if you were if you're young in training years it's going to go better and then the only other tweak i would add when somebody asks this question in our sport i get nervous because i feel like everybody enters the sport and is like day one when i get this pro card and i'm like what you know what i mean i just i find our sport is the only i could be wrong but i mean the only sport where people just immediately are like all right so when i'm going to become rich and famous and be a star in bodybuilding. I'm like, you don't even know if you like this shit.
2: But you know what? I bet guys at 30 are probably a little bit more. They have a little bit more realistic expectations. Like, hey, I've never been in the best shape of my life. You know, I know I can't be dusty. But you know what? I'm going to hit the Michigan State Championships next year. I'm going to hire me a coach. I'm, a, you know, I love training, and I'm going to see what I can do. You know, something like and that. I love that. Yeah. I love that so, mentality. some I, of I love my the
1: guys who want to chase something logical. Yeah. go for it and hey you might end up being a guy who actually moves on to another level but I do love that mentality it's like I I love training and I like eating so I'm just I have the money now I'm 30 years old I've set my career up so I can invest this kind of money into a hobby I think that's the thing that I like because I mean Ron when I first started I just remember thinking like right, so I have $162 and I'm going to the grocery store Mm -hmm. Like, that's yeah. all I have <laughs> you know what I, I mean, so it was like, how can I get this down to forty two bucks and still have enough money to to live for another week
0: <laughs> i i I still think like some of my most rewarding clients were guys that they would literally say like, Hey, Ron, you know my wife says I can do one show and I want to kick ass hmm. and you're like guy at right. some forty two year old guy who's got three kids. And his wife's saying, okay, the kids are old enough now. They can, you know, do whatever you want. You could be gone for a few hours, yeah. Yeah, and they they decide to do a show and you put some guy on stage in the master's class and he's got ripped glutes and he wins a trophy and takes home the championship and the wife's all happy that it was worth it and they never compete again. And it's like 100% positive experience and everyone's great, you know. I'm Some of those clients have been awesome, you know. They just got that one show. They always wanted to do it, but they were busy, you know. Oh yeah, and you and you help them do like the one and dones you know. They're, they can be really yeah. fun. Like, and they're like got their their first place trophy, and as they're leaving, they're like, "Thanks, man, that was a dream." Like, yeah, I'm not you again. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm not calling you again. I don't. I'm, we're done. You know, yeah. see yeah. ya. And you're like, hey man, peace. You know, it was great. I've had a lot of those clients and it was, it's been rewarding, you know, some of them are just so fun because they're in it for such a pure reason. Yes. They wanted to do it their whole life. They've been reading muscle mag for 25 years. Yeah. And they love the process. They just want to like hear from you. Like, what are we doing next? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they've got muscle and they, you know, maybe he even benched four plates at one point when he was on some D ball.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Now it's like, you know what I mean? Like
0: there's a lot of guys out there like that. They have the potential, but they just, they chose a different, path in life and they come back as a master and just want to kind of get a taste. And it turns out to be a blast. Yeah. And like, yeah, I've been a lot of fun clients like that. You know,
1: I got, I got a good one here for you guys to kind of get some expand on, uh, what concept in bodybuilding took you the longest time to understand?
0: I would say it was training related. What Mm -hmm. about you, Scott?
2: Yep. I, I, that's what hit me. Something I learned in the last couple of years actually.
0: Yeah. What would it be? I would say, well, I, I, it's that story I've told before about when I first saw Flex Wheeler at Gold's Venice. Mm-hmm. And he was training with Charles Glass. And um, I remember he didn't look big, you know. And I was like a young kid, so I was expecting him to be fucking like, you know, because Paul Dillette was there. And Paul Dillette just made everyone in the gym look like a child. And, right. and um, Chris Cormier was in there. And I remember next to Paul, Chris didn't look that big. Hmm. And and then I remember Flex was benching, he was flat benching, and he was flat benching like two plates and a ten, you know, like two plates and a ten pounder. Yeah. And he was like doing flat bench, you know, set to ten or whatever, and Charles Glass was spotting him. And, you know, Charles kind of touches the bar the whole time, you know, sometimes he's like doing that sort of thing. So I remember thinking like, Oh, Flex is weak. Right. <laughs> Cause I was like twenty, so I was already benching three plates. Like I was like, Oh, it's weak, right. you know. And then Flex took a sweatshirt off and I was like, Oh, nothing I say matters.
2: Hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Very I was like, valid. all of a sudden, all of a sudden Paul DeLette was not going to win that show. Cause he wow, was walking great. around the gym. It was like, Oh, Paul's like inhuman. What's that even? That's not even a human. And then Flex uh-huh. took his sweater off and I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and it was like, Flex doesn't have to bench four plates because mm. Flex knows how to train his body and Flex knows how his body works and Flex is going to beat you anyways and you don't think, you know, you're a stupid young kid. You don't know it all. Yeah, and right. Just because a guy's not benching heavy doesn't mean he's not going to kick everyone's ass and be the best in the world and yada, yada, yada. And I realized there's a disconnect there, mm. you know, but it still took me a long time to really actually understand it. But that was like the seed being planted. Hmm. Right. I was like, oh, there's a lot of ways to move weights, you know? For sure. You know, move them all just for maximum poundage all the time, every set, you know? He's in there like, just doing what Charles tells him to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I, that was, it was a, yeah, I, I still think about that, because I remember that moment, I was like,
2: oh. It'd be such like, a cool time to be there, too, man, to see that in Gold's, yeah, then, see to see all those guys there. Mm-hmm. I think for me, Go ahead.
1: Go ahead. I was gonna say that's the heyday. But go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. yeah.
2: Um, I was gonna say also training related, and it harkens back to the vomiting conversation. Because my I I didn't ever really throw up. I never had a problem with that. I kind of prided m- myself on that when people would come and train legs with me, they would throw up, but I right. would not throw up, and i I'd, I'd feel shot after a leg day though and it got to the point where my leg days were like three hours long. Like it was these long, brutal, continual sets. And there would be like, a couple things in there that were going to be like really really hard but then after that it was like moving really fast supersetting the extension with the leg curl kind of thing and you know just like a lot of a lot of like volume 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 and it was just torturous over that like i said like two and a half three hours and that was after working like a manual labor job in the summertime. you know it was it sucked and i would leave And my central nervous system would be so shot. I remember I'd start feeling like I had the flu. Like I'd feel like I would get a Mm -hmm. fever. You know, my skin was getting real clammy feeling. I wouldn't want to eat for a few hours, you know, and then the cramps would start setting in. I learned that that is
0: not the best way for me to grow muscle. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean burning 10,000 calories a day between your combined work and training and not being able to eat enough?
2: Oh my God. I, so I was eating like an, at one point a meal every hour and it wasn't like some of them were clean. It'd be like uh but then I'd eat like a, like 50 grams of maltodextrin with 50 grams of whey protein, throw some olive oil in there. That was like my in-between meal. So it'd be like solid food meal, chicken and rice, then that, then chicken and rice or beef and potatoes, and then that, and then a couple of mcdoubles and medium fry and a couple apple pies, and you know, then back to the clean food, and then train. It was a lot of food, but yeah, I learned that the. the um, that I just needed to do a lot less and that's like that's evolved and then it's just been in the last few years I'll swear to god it has been like training has made so much sense to me in a way like I was able to do it before and I'm obviously you know I made progress but I feel like I've I've learned lessons and just now like I've done this for a long time and I'm still learning shit and that makes me love bodybuilding so much because like you, Mm -hmm. you, you know you've done it so long it gets old right like the same thing yeah. the same thing but it was to learn that and it and and to see new progress you know in my 40s I'm like holy shit I can still there's still an ant there's still a, a rock I hadn't overturned so yeah. getting more into the progressive overload uh mm-hmm. splitting up my workouts doing much higher frequency Because, you know, and Scott Stevenson and I talk about it, that stuff all the time on Muscle Minds is like, you know, trying to get in there, get as much as you can to activate the muscle, but then cutting it off, don't doing any more bullshit, get rid of the, you know, the junk and then recover and then do it again and then recover and do it again. And I think I wasted a lot of time hobbling around. Just so sore from the waist down on after leg day for like four or five days straight when I probably could have done a lot less and then done it again. You know what I mean? So You're right. Yeah. That was I the biggest another, one for me lately.
0: I think another mistake that I made was, you know, coming from the that era because we didn't know better was mm. I equated I equated being sore with doing things correctly. Hmm. Right. And and i I will say that I still think that being sore the day after you train is a good sign because Mm. like, let's say you train legs and the next day your quads are super sore, like, you know, you're using them and taxing them and beating them up and you're not just all hips and, you know, leverage and bad form. You know that it's like your quads are doing a shit ton of work because they're sore up here and they're sore down by the knee and every inch of the tissue is a little bit sore and they hurt to flex. Yes. So I think that it's great feedback that you are targeting what you're trying to train. It's just like if you were to train chest one day and your triceps were sore the next day, then there's something going on. Yeah. Right. Um so it's like there's all this good stuff that comes from being sore, like confirmation that you've loaded the muscle, you know, it's obviously taxed, it's obviously stressed. But um We we you know according to what I've read and seen and Scott I mean you've done a bunch of podcasts about this sort of stuff but you know soreness isn't isn't uh, what what was the term I liked they're not soreness and growth aren't married they're cousins Hmm. (laughs) you know (laughs) it's a great and and you can you can grow without being sore you know and and you know and then Meadows talked all about that when the intra workout craze sort of hit yeah yeah. So there's more to it than we used to think, but we just didn't know, you know, we were just bombing the shit out of stuff. My goal at one point was to get as sore as I can in the least amount of sets, Hmm. which I sort of saw as like an efficiency test. Hmm. Like if I can do one set of Smith squats, one set of hack squats, one set of leg extensions and have crippled quads the next day, I know how to train. That's what I used to think, right? Yeah. So I'd like literally do one working set of hacks, one working set of press, one working set of extensions, like full on Dorian.
2: How long did that take, that workout?
0: 45 minutes. Yeah. And then the next day my quads would be crippled sore for like three days. So I'd be like, oh, I'm more efficient. I know how to train, but it's not really actually like, you know, it, it's it's definitely a sign that you're targeting things and going hard, but that shouldn't be your goal. Like your goal shouldn't be to be sore. Yeah. Right. You know your goal should be to grow and recover <laughs> yeah you know it's such it's such a hard so,
1: thing though because you I, mean, I know you guys have already covered but I always find it amazing that even to this day when I'm healthy like now if I'm really sore after a workout I still say to myself must have been a good day yeah or, yeah, or yeah I know, I know. Or, or you look or you look back and you're like well then what the fuck was I doing for the last three weeks when I wasn't sore at all <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, and, and you know better, but it still enters your mind every time because there is something to be said about, you know, when you, you wake up in the morning and you move, and you're like, oh, shit, okay, I forgot we did yeah. that yesterday. yeah Especially you know?
0: when it's a hard area like your inner traps yeah. or your <laughs> lower lats or like some yeah. area that's hard to like really, really target, you know, and you always have those back coats where you, you get that one spot in your back that you normally don't feel. Mm. And it's like sore. Right. They're like oh fuck that was good what did I do oh is that you know that new machine yeah. I tried or whatever so yeah, one thing yeah yeah you no, know, I definitely constantly it, on the hunt what about I think you Dusty it's good that
1: people do that I mean for me it's it's a, a lot of the same um, the only thing for me individually that I learned that I thought that I've learned and shared a ton is what intensity is like <clears throat> I've always trained like a lunatic. Um, but what that meant has really amped up, and also what it means for the whole workout now. Like, I think people would be stunned, and I know I joke about it all the time, but I'm like the anti hardcore now. Um, I mean, between sets, like, I'll get done with a, a working set, I'll do my next warm ups on the next machine, and then I'll edit down a video that I just filmed two seconds ago to fit Instagram for after I'm done. So I'm on my phone. Like, everyone's like, oh, you can't be on your phone. I'm like, do, do, that done, boom. But then when I touch the bar, it's like a light switch every time. like. I can be joking with you and, like, literally laugh and then walk away from you for 10 seconds and then pull 800. Like, okay, let's go. Like, it's it's just – and that's something when I was a kid I could not do. Hmm. I was in the gym and it was like, it's time to train. And I had music I had to listen to on the way to the gym. And my whole two and a half hours before I left the house all the way to the end of that workout were, like, so high amped up. And now it doesn't, I don't require any of that. Like, it's like when I walk into the gym, it's time to work. That's it.
0: So, that's exactly where I like started puking before my leg day. You no. Know? Like, mm-hmm. I'd have the Pantera cranked at the house. Yeah. Like, right. Fucking hostile. You know? And I'd be walking around, getting my fucking leg day shirt on and fucking get Oh, hell yeah. On. And I'd throw up. And I'm like, yeah. fuck. And it was funny because that kind of came last year. Um, you know, my training partner, Braden uh you know he's doing his first show in a few weeks here so he's been nice. you know the last the last uh you know the last pretty much 2 years has all been sort of like trying to get enough muscle where he's going to be happy on stage so it's been a real like progressive overload you know he started training with me doing like four plates on the hack and now he's doing seven plates for 10. Hell yeah. And the legs are way bigger and he's ready to compete. You know, So like the progression has been insane because I remember I was two plating him on all the leg stuff and now he's one plating me. <laughs> right. So he's, he's come up three plates, right? But that was done just by methodically plugging away at the key exercises, hack squats. Every second leg workout, every, right. uh, not every, it was every second leg workout we do hack squats and that's where the numbers get tested. And that was just like the last year straight at least. Hmm. But I remember there was a point where I was getting super anxious for those hack squat days too. Because, you know, I always want to be the, you know, I always said, when I can't be useful as a training partner to an actual bodybuilder, I'm not going to train with him anymore. Right. Right. And because I would never put up with that as a bodybuilder. Like, you know, you had to be useful to me. Either you were an incredible spotter and you were there as a support crew. Or you were also trying to get massive. It was one of the right. two reasons why you were a training partner of mine, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so I, am like, well, Braden's, you know, trying to chalk up new numbers every time. So I, let's get my hack squat back up. I'll push push a little bit, you know, see how much I can yeah. do on the HRT plus, you know. Right. And um, we both started getting like, like, hack squat day was like, a, you know. And after hacks would be over with, the rest of the leg workout was like it was like mentally we were both completely shot Mm, and it was just a crazy drag to get through the rest of the workout and finally i we we had a conversation one day he's like i think i get too amped up yeah i have to bring it down because i can't make it like i'm blowing my all my energy on the hacks and not just good energy but like all my energy like i don't have any yeah. mental energy left to even do that, the rest of the workout and i'm like yeah i i recognize that too that's happening for the first time since i used to compete right? right so we dialed it down like try to just not be so fucking, you know ready to twist the head off a small child on hack squat right. day you know and just kind of like you know even just purposeful stuff like just you know, trying to like put a smile on my face and, you know, like, hey, man, let's have a good set. You know, like just a little bit of a shift in attitude to preserve energy.
2: Yeah, Because
0: yeah. like, you know, you're like, you think of like something that leaks energy in all directions, you know, yeah. like a, yeah. An, yeah, in, you, an inefficient. You'd, you'd like, much
1: rather be able to, yeah, blast into one one area. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? You know what it is, is you, you got to remember, too, as you get more experience. I think what I learned and I, and I equate it back to when I played hockey. I had a really hardcore coach at one point, and his thing was celebrations after goals. He would always say, act yeah. like you've done it before. Like, <laughs> why are you freaking out? And if you're a 50-goal you know, scorer, it's like, yeah, I scored again. And yeah. that was how I started to approach even like a hack squat. Like, I didn't have to get amped up to, to stack the fucking thing and, and put, a, put extra weight on top of it because this is just – like, I would literally – and it's funny, but I would just say that to myself before sets. I'd be like, do what you do. Like, yeah, this is just what you do. I don't know why you can do this, but it doesn't <laughs> require it. a bunch of uh, extra thought other than that couple seconds before you get under the bar, you know? And I think that that was something I learned where now I think if someone were to watch an entire workout, they'd be like, that's it. But if they caught when the bar was moving and when it mattered, it's like, well, that's why he needs four sets.
0: Right. You know, yeah. because, you're going to love, like, I've got I've got something I say to myself now. I that? before a set. I know. I think I know what this is. Let's hear it. What is it? Uh, so, like, I've been saying it to myself, like, in my head, and sometimes I even say it out loud. But it's like, just to remind myself, because, you know, I'm still trying to challenge myself in the gym. And I know my poundages are down, but I still want to challenge. You know? Okay, maybe I don't know it. And, 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 uh, and so I'll say to myself, like, right before the set, I'm like, okay, high school weights. <laughs> <laughs> These are high school weights. Yeah. These are grade 12 weights. These are 110 pound dumbbells. There's no reason I I can't just fucking crush these. Or, you know, this is only right. three plates on a bar. Like this is four plates on a machine. It's fucking this is high school weights. And just right. say that to myself. And, you know, just uh, just a little kick in the ass. I like I that. <laughs> you know what I thought Gold. you were going
2: to say? You, you told me this. You said this in an interview or something a while ago. Maybe you said it on the show. You used to say robot reps.
0: Oh yeah, I still say that. Yeah, you that's do? something that I really say in my head, and I say it to people when I'm training with them. Like, that's when I what I was talking about last week, where I hate where people wiggle around. Oh you know? yeah, like they wiggle around, and they're the bar path is different on three different reps. Yeah, <laughs> it's I've like, just, yeah. I've thought about that. I keep I've kept that in my like head training machine. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Just lock in everything should be locked in, super stable, you know. And also too, like if your body's moving around, your body is the anchor for what you're moving, right? you're yeah. wiggling around yeah. and your base isn't solid and all that stuff. You're leaking power everywhere. Like an inefficient yeah. term, leaking power. You know, you hear a kinesiologist or an ex- a movement specialist talk about like energy leaking. You know, they'll talk mm-hmm. about like someone jumping, but their their feet aren't in the right spot, so they're leaking energy out the sides and not all of it's going up. You know, like so I think about okay. that when you're moving weights too. Like, you know, are you are you leaking energy out of your your transfer you know it's just that it makes me think about efficiency and you know like who wants to lose power you know yeah it's just like when and you see someone doing
1: some position to have max
0: <laughs> yeah yeah you know what i mean it's like when you see people doing cable crossovers but then they move backward
1: right. <laughs> yeah like, you know, it's supposed to be going that yeah. way
0: <laughs> yeah yeah you're like you're firing a cannon out of a canoe you know it doesn't fucking work yeah so.
1: <laughs> it's true we we used to call it or, or jj marsh used to always say reps were supposed to look like a piston like you yeah. yeah. should all look the same the reps like each be the same everything is the same and yeah. it's true like when you, it's funny because when you you watch your i like watching like tommy evolve and obviously scott you know him well like when we first started i, I used to have to correct all the time i'm like slow mm-hmm. down do this do this and now he'll post instagram videos and i'm like flawless yeah everything is just like you yeah. know what i mean you're, you're like you can see it's ingrained now the speed is the same on every rep the body is even when he struggles the body never moves he's just he's just running out of gas you know what yeah. i mean but that yeah. that's just, that's the stuff that the only thing that will teach you is is time and i mean some athleticism you know some people i've i've had to shake my head i'm like man i've been teaching this for 10 fucking years you still can't do it <laughs> <laughs> Good shit.
0: Yes. Any more, Dusty? You got time for one more?
1: Wow, I got all the time in the world. How to train kids? Um, let's see here. I want to get. I want to get one more solvable because I like these rounds here. Bom, bom,
0: bom. These are good. You got some good ones. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Oh, this is
1: actually a good one. How how would you program a time restricted and balanced pull day in terms of exercise selection. I didn't say how much time, but if it's so, your you time know, restricted. Of the
0: essence. Yeah. So you're training back and biceps, is what he means when he says pull day? Or is he also putting yeah. like, yeah, okay.
1: Uh, sometimes when people like, I, I put like a, my RDLs would be on a pull day too.
0: Right. Okay. Well, I keep everything basic, basic, basic. So I would think, you know, what does your back need to be completely trained? You Mm -hmm. know, it needs an overhead pull down movement with your elbows by your sides. So like a medium grip shoulder width hammer grip. I think this is like the best grip for pull downs, like a shoulder width neutral grip. Right. So some sort of pull down like that where you can really dig into the lats. And then you need some sort of rowing movement where you can dig into the lats. I mean, if we're just going to keep it basic as fuck. So an elbow by your Mm -hmm. side row. And then you need an elbow out row to hit your upper back. Technically, you got to do something like a like lying T-bar with the elbows out, you know, something like that. And then, you know, uh, a hinge movement, some kind of hinge movement for erectors and lower back and all that stuff. If you're going to put that on your pull day. And then you need like. If you're really time restricted, you could get by on one bicep movement if you just changed yeah. it up from pull day to pull day, you know, maybe a preacher curl one day, a standing curl one day, a high curl the other day, you kind of you could vary your your focus on the bicep, but the bicep's pretty simple to train. And you know, so you'd have a narrow like a a neutral grip pull down, a neutral grip row with your elbows by your sides, or like a, you know, that could be one arm dumbbell rows too, could be something heavy and you could do a T-bar row, something obviously heavy and unsupported would be more efficient. Because you're more taxing, more muscle, you know, as opposed to doing supported movements. And then I do a high row and and some kind of hinge, that would kind of cover your bases, you know. That's just how I think. I just think in simple terms. Where do the elbows have to move, you know? What do you think? What what would
1: you add to that, Scott? Uh,
2: I like that. I mean, I I would kind of do pretty much the same thing. I, I guess it depends on how. How frequently you were going to hit back, because right. you know what I mean. Okay. Maybe if yeah. I was going to do it again later, maybe like the 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 stuff I do for like the low back, you know, like stuff I right. do for like a deadlift or whatever, that might be on one day, and then another day I do something else. But outside yeah. of that, to put it all together in one workout, I think you covered it. You know,
0: yeah, I was just sort of thinking like if you
1: had to Everything. hit the whole back in one yeah. workout, you
0: you kind of yeah. you can break it down to four movements if you have to. Yeah,
1: I know. I think um, the only The only the only tweak I would add to that is if you, if you are real strong, um, what I try to do in positioning my workouts is knowing that, for example, if I'm doing deadlifts, that's, that's time-consuming. To get up to seven, eight plates on a pole takes a while. Yeah, so I make right. sure that I plan the rest of my workout that can be a little quicker. Mm. You know, that's when yeah. it's like, okay, I'm going to do hammer strength for the next movement because you know, I can jump right to three plates because I'm already very warm move it around. And my next set can be my top set. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that. Um, like we, I'm not doing that type of training right now, but we were just doing hams the other day and working up on my RDLs took a while. And then after that, the rest of the workout was like 20 minutes.
0: Hmm. Yeah. You know, I just had a a client who, who said the workouts were just a little too long for him because he's really got a tight schedule right with his kids and stuff. mm -hmm. And he's like, he's like, I really need to shave like 20 minutes. Hmm. And I was like, Oh, so I just looked at the p- program and I just removed exercises and put those sets on other, other exercises. So he's changing machines less often,
2: hmm. right? right?
0: So instead of doing five exercises, three sets each, he's doing three exercises, like four sets each. Yeah. Right. He's only got a slight drop in volume, but he's only moving exercises twice. He only has three exercises. Right. So he can bang out the sets like a lot faster and he's like, all of a sudden, he's like, oh my God, that was perfect. I'm out of the gym now in like 50 minutes. Nice. Right. So, you know, he's still got almost the same volume, but just fewer movements. So then you just have to kind of like, you know, next chest day, you do that movement instead and, you know, get your variety right. in, right? So, yeah. So that works too, you know, moving like doing, you know, you see some guys train, like they'll do eight back exercises, but they're doing one or two sets each. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right, which is kind of you know, but that that still eats up a lot of time. Sure, because you're like <laughs> yeah, just move it around. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so there's a little bit of the wiggle room there if you need to.
1: Yeah, I do, I do that like, and Ron, you know, we've done this before. When when you're doing the expos, and there's so many people at the gym. We'll grab a Smith and kind of look at each other and be like, "How many things
0: can we do on this <laughs> yeah. without moving?" <laughs> exactly. They <laughs> tell you, I told you about that day I trained arms with Ben. And we literally stood at the same pulley for 45 minutes. Did an entire arm workout same. We had a high pulley and a low pulley. Nice. And that was it. And the gym had like a 100 people in it. Yeah. That that made fit in Germany. Yeah, the smallest gym you've ever seen. Yeah, just fucking terrible. And I remember Cedric was curling in the squat rack. (laughs) And he was joking about it. He's like, Y'all over there, I'm over here curling in the squat rack. Like he was like being funny about it, right? <laughs> yeah. And, but he just stood in the squat rack and did like 20 sets of barbell curls because the gym was fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. That was it. That was bicep workout. He's like, wide grip, narrow grip, <laughs> touch my forehead, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> do drag curls. Okay, I'm done. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. yeah that's definitely the matter. I mean, sometimes though, when, when time is of the essence, it is a thing. And I think – as much as we want to bounce around and move, you can keep in mind that that can be on separate workouts. Like you said, I mean, you can go in, I've joked sometimes when you get on a machine and it just feels good. I'm like, well, maybe I'll just do 10 of these today. Yeah. And fucking leave.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean,
1: when I first started training, that was one of the workouts <laughs> that my first coach gave me was 10 sets of 10 on squats, um, but that was your working set. So it was supposed to be with 405. And he was like, and you have 30 minutes from the time you, the first time you do 405. Hmm to do the other nine sets it's like all right well trust me you're done after that you don't need oh anything yeah, else yeah. When you go home yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: that's wh- one of the mm-hmm. things i'd say as far as being a bodybuilder you know um one thing i can say is that traveling around to all those expos and being on the road that much um and having to learn all those little mini lessons that you do you know like it mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. works you know, just the timing of everything, too. Like, the whole process, like, okay, you're done the expo at 5, and then you're going to do this, and then you're going to do that, and then you're going to be at the gym by 7.30. And, you know, like, having to do all that in all those different cities with all those just different factors and the food and everything's a hassle, um, it really helps you be a better bodybuilder in the sense that you see what actually matters hmm. and what what yeah, really sure. – like like checking the boxes is very important like not every workout has to be fucking world stopping Hmm. like you have to just make sure you check those boxes like get in there get your fuck like train and not not letting stuff bother me you know like you get up and go do chest at 6 a.m at some shitty gym and you're like you can't track your poundages or worry about like how strong you're gonna be you just have to get in there and train Yeah. yeah And right. you look around and you see Branch and Johnny doing arms at six a.m. and fucking this guy doing this at six a.m. and this guy's over there training legs at six a.m. and you're like, it. The pro bodybuilder life is just you like you get in there, check that box, you know, move weights, get out of the gym, get your meal. Like it's not always a perfect, you know, dream. Oh, it's, it's, it's my important workout. It's like, fuck, dude, you just gotta train. You got forty five minutes. Hurry up.
1: It's, it's funny that you said that because uh and, and this is a cool it was funny it was a lesson but um when i first signed with condemned and i went down and did my first training video series with them we're heading to the gym and they're like yeah well we hope you like everything at the gym because uh jonathan didn't didn't like some of the equipment didn't agree with him um and uh he trains at arm breast. so he has the best of the best of every possible thing yeah and i go it'll be fine and they're like you don't know what's there. I'm like, doesn't, is there gravity? I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah. Like when you've been doing this for as long as we have, you just realize that. And in six or seven years, because he's a great bodybuilder, he will not need Armbrust Gym to have a great workout. Hmm. He needs gravity. You know? Right, right, I think you do. You just, because that's how I was. I used to be comfortable and like I trained this gym on this body part. I trained that gym because I was spoiled, you know? Right. And then once you get to the point, you realize the big eye opener for me, Ron, was when I went into Temple. I remember that was the first thought I had. I looked at the entire gym, and I was like, this is where he built that. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Shit. You know, and then same thing with, and I know there's different schools of thought on it, but I love, like, when we talked to John, and he was like, you know, he loves to change stuff. And Dorian was like, I did that routine for a decade. Hmm. Yeah. That back workout. Yeah. Every time. And it's like... I love that kind of stuff because you do really realize that. And and once you have that uh, tool in your toolbox, it's beautiful because I'm like, I need a gym. Yeah.
0: We, I'll be yeah. fine.
1: It, it'll it'll work. The, it might not be the best, but it'll work.
0: <laughs> what's the pot? What's the poshest, like poshest, most up class, like joint you ever trained at where people were just like, what are you doing here? Like,
1: Oh man, that would be uh that's, that's, well, there was a lifetime fitness, but there's different levels, and uh, the highest one is like Onyx or something like that, and, uh, and I deadlifted in there one day. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was that day, and I'm like, well, this is going to happen here, huh?
2: Were they okay <laughs> right.
1: with it? You know, what, Well, I mean, in fairness, it was in my hometown, so everybody knew me, so oh, it okay. wasn't a right. shocker, but, but I think to members, it was different. Oh, a little bit, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, because I'm also not silent, believe it or not.
0: So, <laughs> no, There's no. a lot
1: of noise between me and the bar. <laughs> it's one of those things where you get done and you kind of turn. And you're like, oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> What about you, Scott? Where's like the poshest place you ever trained? Man,
2: you were asking that, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't think I've ever gone to a really posh gym. Like, maybe I was thinking because I was thinking Lifetime as well, and that would be probably in. There was one in Columbus where I stayed at this. um, It was like a little a little condo place, uh, and it was for the Arnold. I've stayed there a couple times actually. Nice little setup, and it and the nice thing is it's like. You just right by the freeway, and then fifteen minutes, you're downtown with everything. But then you get in your car and you drive because I drive down there from Detroit, so I've got right. my car and everything. And then you get out there, and then it's like you're away from everything. You get, you know, you drive that ten minutes away, and there's like a Whole Foods, and there's no lines. You know, there's there's yeah, yeah, anything yeah. you need is nice. And they have this deal where if you stayed at this place you could go to the Lifetime Fitness that was down the road. And so I've trained there a couple times and I was picturing Dusty deadlifting there. Uh, but I haven't been to, like, I've never gone to like, not that, I, either that or like, they don't stick out to me if I have. Right. I'm trying to think, like I know I've been to a few places where you know you get the towels and there's all sorts of fancy amenities, but
1: <laughs>
2: I think more like the gyms that I like are like when I, the first time I met dusty you introduced them to me and that was in las vegas and it wasn't like the best gym ever but it was that place um i think it'd be like was it an lvac no 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 it was it was a little bit outside of town and they had a sign on the front that said hardcore gym like right on the the the, it didn't even have the name of the 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 Lift yeah. Factory was that yeah, it maybe Lift Factory yeah yeah. yeah yeah so that's Lyft not factory. that's not like the best most hardcore gym in the world but I love finding like traveling and finding places yeah. like that and then running into you guys you know that of, that of course has made it really cool but yeah that was cool
0: yeah I I I went to Chile for an appearance with Mutant once and the distributor there was like the nicest guy and you know he drove us around and he had this like really sweet car and you know, took us to these nice steak houses and it was just, it was really good. Like they took great care of us. And this one day he wanted to show us like the most beautiful site. He's like, you got to come. I'll take you show this site. Like, uh, and yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. And then he's like, and I'll make sure Ron has a gym to train at. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I, you know, bring my stuff and we're off we go. And he drives us up into the mountains to this incredible, like you can tell it's for like the rich people. Yeah. It's a golf, like a country club. And this place was just absolutely gorgeous. It looked like something out of a Bond movie. Like, you know, you got to drive up the windy mountain road, and there's this incredible view. And then you get to the top, and all of a sudden, this big country club is right there, and the mountain. It's crazy. And we go down there, and there's all you know. It's like real posh government, like real posh, like golf course. You know that all the cars are fucking, you know, G wagons and Ferraris and you know yeah. everything there. It's just you know, it's a golf, it's a country club. And he takes us in and we have this nice lunch, you know, it's real fancy and we do a little tour of the place. And then he's like, okay, well, Ron, you want to use a gym? I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, I see how this gym is. And it was like, it was like the shiniest, cleanest. It was like, you know, uh, rich golf moms and their kids all working out and it was all techno gym. it was all brand new techno gym. And um, I'm like, well, I'm doing shoulders today. So <laughs> let's see. The dumbbells went to 50. So I did a whole bunch of side laterals. I like, ran the rack, you know, yeah. and then grabbed a Techno Gym press machine and did like a whole bunch of drop sets on it. Just the like, delts were just blown up. I think I was still 300 when I went down there. So it was like walking around that place. And it was super hot because they had like the, the whole front was open. So it was just like summertime, right? Yeah, and right. uh, super hot. So I was like soaking, dripping all over everything, just disgusting. And then a the guy came over. He's like, um, "Do you want another towel?" Because <laughs> I guess one towel wasn't enough for me because I looked pretty. They sweaty you. They offered you a beach towel. Yeah, give you another towel. I was like, "Oh, okay, okay." So I was like laying towels on all the equipment. You know, it was just funny. But that was like the I think that was the fanciest place I ever trained. And like I was, like, people were looking at me like an alien. I yeah, bet it was like funny. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty. And then like That's little awesome. kids, like had no clue who I was. Like they didn't, they have nothing. They just wanted to put a fit photo with me. Like no kidding, moms coming over, like you get a photo with you. I'm okay. Like it's not like they yeah. know anything about mutant or bodybuilding or anything. They just saw some freak at the gym. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So those those were, those were, were that was. You funny. still fall to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm lucky it wasn't leg day because I, I I couldn't like you know you try to think you can train anywhere, but if it was leg day, I probably would have just aborted. I don't think they had anything you
1: know yeah you just went to what you're gonna do the next day Uh, we'll we'll leave that for tomorrow
0: yeah (laughs) so how's that guys is that episode 101 it is we went about we went about two hours scott you kept us safe packing heat it's nice to have armed security always here at all times
2: always here if you need me
0: so let's uh so if you made it to this if you made it this far in the episode. You like we us, apologize. probably. But go ahead. Yeah, well, you like Thanks, us. Mom. We apologize for the entire first hour. Let's hope Arnold doesn't say anything else. It's just so stupid. Yeah. And let's hope no, no more of our favorite people say really stupid shit. People have to start thinking more. God <laughs> blows me away. Okay. We happy, gentlemen? Yes, sir. Okay. Thanks, Dusty. Thanks, Scott. Remember, everybody, like, share, subscribe. Ring the bell. Says, there you go. It's just bodybuilding.